0: You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt,
1: Tabitha, and Lydia.
0: So I honestly don't even have a question for you guys this week. Um, super unplanned mitch was super unplanned uh this week and so we're just rolling right into everything uh we're going to start i want to talk a couple minutes about uh oscar noms oscar nominations were announced earlier this week um Everything Everywhere All at Once is Everything Everywhere All over the Oscars uh, because it received 11 nominations, uh, including Best Picture, Best Director, and Michelle Yeoh getting nominated for Best Actress. Um, While Black Panther Wakanda Forever didn't get nominated for Best Picture, Angela Bassett did get nominated for Best Supporting Actress, making her the first actor nominated for an MCU role. Um, Other Best Picture noms include Elvis, Women Talking, All Quiet on the uh, Western Front, as well as sequels, which don't typically get um, a lot of Oscar love, Uh, sequels Top Gun, Maverick, and Matt's favorite movie, Avatar, The Way of Water. Um, What do you guys, what do you guys think? I, I know like for me, in past years, I've been kind of excited to see some of these, you know, the Oscar nominations and all that kind of stuff. I wasn't so much this year. I'm I'm happy for everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, I don't know that it wins Best Picture, but it'd be really cool if it did. Uh, what do you guys think?
1: I mean, I hardly ever pay attention to any of these award shows anyway, and we all know how horrible I am with watching anything. So... I haven't seen any of these movies anyway to know. You uh, saw Elvis. Oh yeah, I saw Elvis. So, I mean, I'll vote for that one. I'm happy about that one. Other than that, I don't know. And I don't care.
0: (laughs) Matt, Tabitha, you guys have any thoughts?
2: Sorry, I was having trouble unmuting. Um, (laughs) Long ago and far away, I used to make it a goal to watch all of the Oscar roms, at least for like best picture, best actress and best actor um i've fallen off that in the last couple of years um actually i fell off that after the year that birdman won best picture because i've never been so mad at a group of people in my entire life as i was at the academy and i've been very mad at a lot of people um but this year i have not watched any pretty much of the nominations um excluding like lydia elvis uh Every, any, everything everywhere all at once has also slid by me um I have a, a hard time the older I get watching movies and so it makes it more of a commitment for me to try to not force myself but make an effort to watch the Oscar nominated films um so I think I'm just like Oscared out I think I have spent my 20s ruining the Oscars for myself and then Birdman ruined everything Darn birds. Right? That movie was just absolute (laughs) trash.
0: That was that was the Michael Keaton one, right?
1: Yes, it was. Oh yeah. It was trash. (laughs) I couldn't remember what that was, and then as soon as you said Michael Keaton, it just like ignited that trailer memory you know,
2: like the second they announced that it was the winner like the room that i was in with my friends like went dead quiet and everybody looked at me because i had such a visceral reaction to that film i got up and left my my friend's house i just left and went home i was so upset uh, it was so bad
1: first split second i thought you were gonna say i got up and left my house
0: that's <laughs> what i thought too i was like that is that i never went back
1: <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> it, was,
2: it was tainted <laughs>
0: So, Matt, are you excited for Avatar The Way of Water to to potentially win Best Picture?
3: No, no, not at all. Like James Cameron (laughs) doesn't need any more fuel to the fire. Um, The water's
0: just going to put it out anyway. Oh.
1: Is the dagger the shame for the night? I don't have my
2: shame, (laughs) it.
0: So every time I get threatened to get stabbed.
2: Yes, hold on. (laughs) We'll take some photos for posterity.
1: <laughs> Literally, it's going to call these a stabby shame. <laughs> Mitch, can you look scared
2: better than anyone I know? Thank you.
0: <laughs> I thought that also maybe you just looked constipated.
2: Both. Uh,
1: I mean, if you're super scared, I guess it would be better to be constipated than the other way around. What Lydia said. <laughs> yeah, you're
0: not wrong. So... I guess I, I was going to have a good segue there, but um, any more any more talk about the Oscars?
3: Oh, um, I will say that this year does seem a little more diverse in the palette. Um, I mean, you've got an A24 movie, you have Elvis, you have Avatar, much as I hate to even admit that it exists. Um, there's just a... I feel like this year is a little bit wider spread um, of different types of movies than they usually are just, you know, it's like, oh, here's all these art house films. And just for the sake of inclusion, one random like popular film. So, I mean, in that regard, I'm I'm excited for it, but I. I haven't watched the Oscars in I don't know how long. I haven't made an effort to watch the Oscar films in even longer. So apart from eventually getting to Wakanda forever and probably everything everywhere all at once, I'm, it'll happen. The awards will go out and we can be happy for the winners.
0: Very happy for James (laughs) Cameron. Except for him.
1: And that can get so bad that he leaves his house.
0: <laughs> all right so let's go to the pool list what's on our pool list this week and we've got two books to talk about tonight uh the first one is everything sucks all cats go to hell um it is out now from silver sprocket by uh michael sweater uh before we get too far into this i do want to point out um silver sprocket posted a couple weeks ago how uh, they had um, a lot of flooding where they are and so uh, they they lost a lot of product um i I don't know how much product they lost but like their store got a lot of damage so buy some silver sprocket stuff help them out it'd be kind of cool um including everything sucks all cats go to hell Um, so this book, it involves two friends who a bird and a bear. Is it a bear? Anyway, so they live together. They're friends. And this series is just kind of it, you know, it explores their everyday life um, in this issue. In this issue, uh, Kala, who tries to get like. Noah, I guess, maybe cultured with like French films, goes off and meets with her ex-boyfriend to try to get French films. Noah, on the other hand, is busy with cats all over the house. Um, I don't know about you guys. I thought that this was funny. Um, This it was it was weird off the wall. What I was going to get to in a second. I don't know why Noah the bird has nipples, um, but they are very... Big nipples. Um,
1: so now we have bat nipples and bird nipples.
0: Yes, <laughs>
1: I didn't notice
2: nipples at all. So I think maybe that was just something you were paying attention <laughs> to specifically. I mean,
0: can you? Okay, so you can't see them very. There they are. There they are.
2: That is absolutely bird nipples. Yeah, yeah. nipples.
0: Yeah, look at them, nips.
3: Um, <laughs> I how many times you can say that?
2: Sabby <laughs> shame. <laughs> but
0: um but yeah, but no, I I I thought this was really funny. It just it reminded me of kind of like almost like Ren and Stimpy humor or you know of cartoons of that time frame, you know. Um Matt, what did you think? Um
3: I did enjoy this. It was fun, it was light, it was easygoing. Um, it it had some fun moments. Um my my only, I, I don't know concern issue whatever, um, was the random couple of pages where I, I I'm lost on the names, the the bear dog, um, Kala. Kala um met their friend like that just threw me off. It's
0: so bad uh, you were saying
3: so um so apart from that random couple of pages where Kala meets um her friend and then they end up back at the house to watch the movie um I enjoyed it those couple of pages were real random and didn't seem to flow with the story so
2: um I mean honestly I I read this very quickly and I just read it for sheer enjoyment um the moments where he was like trying to figure out where all the cats just kept coming from um made me laugh like it was cute uh, I kind of want to go back and read it and see if I noticed the nipples the second time around, but I don't know that I will. <clears throat> but um, no, I liked this. Like I would read more. It was just kind of lighthearted and funny and very much so for adults. Uh,
0: so also out now is Season of the Bruja, vol- volume one. Uh, this is out by Oni Press. It's written by Aaron Duran with art by Sarah Soler. So this book follows Althalia uh, who works at a paranormal, ter- paranormal museum with a chupacabra and a coyote. She also lives with her abuela and she is a bruja w- who is tasked with keeping the power and stories of the ancient ways from fading fully into history. After an encounter with an evil priest, Althalia must uh, follow her destiny to prevent the church from destroying the last bruja. Um
2: Tabitha, what do you think on
0: of, of this one?
2: So I I liked a lot of the things about this one. <clears throat> I liked the story and I liked the characters and I kind of like the art. Um, I felt like in the course of reading it that it kind of lost the plot a couple of times and there were moments where I was very confused. Um, not that this is a bad thing, but I... Uh, was one of those people in high school that was like, oh my God, I would never use Spanish. You know, what would be super helpful? French. So plot twist, it was not helpful at all. Um, But the amount of words, phrases, and even like whole panels that were in Spanish in this, it wasn't something that I was willing to be like, oh, I need to pause and look this up. Like I just kind of went with it and looked at the art and carried on, which is a statement in and of itself. I mean, I know that's what a lot of non-English speakers have to do when they say English, and I understand that. But for me, I just, it took it took something away for me <clears throat> as far as the reading element of this was concerned. Um, I don't know that I would continue on with this, but I enjoyed what I did read.
0: Full disclosure, I have not finished it. I only read maybe about the first, I think it was the two, first two or three chapters. Uh, what... Um, what I did read or what I have read so far, I really enjoy, and I plan on going back and finishing it. Uh, Um, this book did, I feel like a good job of, um, kind of dropping you right in the middle of something going on, but then it went back and explained itself. Um, it did, it bordered the line of like an info dump, but I think that it's still, did it effectively and while while you didn't finish that first issue knowing exactly what's going on you still had a really you know a a really good idea you had a really good spot uh I like the characters um I think that you know I, I I think that they mesh well um yeah the and it's not a gripe but like you're right Tabitha like they there are parts where it's completely in Spanish and I know very little Spanish, um, but, you know, definitely not enough to know exactly what they're saying or anything like that. Um, So that, but you know, that's, I think that's part of, I think that's part of what makes this story, this story, if that makes sense. Um, Matt, what'd you think?
3: Um. I have mixed feelings on this because I liked the overall story. I loved the world that they created and pulling from a a religion, a mythology, um, a culture that's not always very well represented or um explored as far as like literature and comics um so i really liked that the art was cool i i really did like the characters um i love the little creatures that uh the abuela has that lived in her house those were fantastic especially towards the end when um liquido um Ends up getting sucked into the magic and like stops being this tiny little thing with wings and is a full-blown like Panther cat with wings and is just completely badass. Like that was awesome. My problem is that you start. I usually don't have a problem when you drop me off in the middle of the action and give me some backstory and let me fill in the blanks. Um, but for me, this was this was kind of rough in that regard. I that part left me confused let's just say that this was a kind of mixed bag for me um like i said i enjoyed the story once i got into it i enjoyed the characters i enjoyed the world um but the beginning left a lot of catching up to do and i still felt at the end that i didn't quite know all of the pieces that i needed to know to keep going um my only other issue was that um our main character has lived with her abuela for seemingly most of her life and then she makes a comment about how poor her spanish is and i'm like uh you've been speaking spanish you've been translating you live with your abuela what do you mean your spanish is poor like uh, that pulled me out of the story and kind of threw me for a loop but that was really like the one thing that kind of just off to the side. But um, I don't know. If we get more of this, I'm definitely interested to see where
0: this world goes and grows and continues. So a world that we're not for sure if we're going to want to see continue. Um, It's time for Guilty Pleasure Dumpster Fire.
2: (laughs) Is it a guilty pleasure or is it a dumpster fire?
0: Um, everybody has been talking about the Mindy Kaling, um, helmed version of Velma, which is on HBO Max right now. Um, it's, uh, it's not doing so hot guys, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a, right now it's at a 45% uh tomato meter, but the audience score is, six percent so <laughs> if you're not familiar with velma um it tells the origin story of velma from scooby-doo and kind of um along with that tells the origin story of the other um mystery Inc. characters um minus scooby-doo we have not seen him yet um but uh Velma is trying to solve multiple mysteries, um, on her own, but she also needs the help of her friends. And this is a, well, let's just talk about it. Um, if you've never listened to Guilty Pleasure Dumpster Fire before, um, we have four different topics. Um, what, what is good about Velma? What is bad about it? Um. The third question I am changing up a little bit. uh, Do you plan to watch any more episodes? This will be my third question. Uh, Because we've only watched the first three episodes. There are 10 episodes in this first season. And then finally, is this series a guilty pleasure or a dumpster fire? Um, Lydia, you have had opinions about Velma. So I want to start with you this round. What's good about this series?
1: <laughs> oh boy, what's good about it? So I literally was taking notes as I watched the first two episodes and then I gave up during the third one. And of my notes, the only good things that I can pull from it was the idea juice made me laugh. There was something about a gun that made me laugh and I don't remember what it was now. So apparently wasn't that good of a joke. And there was a comment made about Batman that made me laugh. That's it. That is literally <laughs> the only good things I can pull from the hour and a half of my life that I will never get back. <laughs> you know,
0: if Velma wasn't tied to scooby-doo like if it was if it was a completely different not even just a different universe but like if we had original characters who are mostly the same as these characters um as well as a few other tweaks i think we'd be having a very different discussion um because yeah there is a lot of wrong with this and we'll get there in a minute. But there are in my opinion there are some good things about it. Um the first episode I don't think that I chuckled once let alone actually laughed. But you know the the third episode by the time we got there there were some I thought fun moments. For instance is so this is like they're doing like this women's self defense it ends up being like a tournament or whatever so there's this one part where it's like they're at the final rounds and like so you're seeing like this banner but the banner just goes on way longer than it should and i found that hilarious um it's it's got i don't know it's i don't want to say it has heart because again we're we're going to get to the things that are not good about it soon but like I feel like I feel like there is something there. I feel like there is a spark. But I almost wonder if somewhere along the way someone was told, "Hey, this isn't going to go anywhere as it is. You need to tie this to something that would get people talking." And so they found a way to connect it to Scooby-Doo. Um Tabitha, what do you think? What what's good about this?
2: So you guys know how I like hate everything. Like all of it pretty much all fine um I love this unapologetically I <laughs> love this I absolutely adore how freaking self-aware it is I love how it makes fun of itself I love how it makes fun of the Scooby-Doo bullshit plot lines I love the fact that Someone sang a ballad version of Genuine's Pony at someone's funeral. And if no one does that for me, I'll never forgive you people. Like there's no difference in Fred from the original. He's still super annoying and dumb. Like I just, this is fantastic. I love this so much. I have nothing but good things to say for the first time ever. <laughs> Wow. Wow.
0: I did not expect this from you, Tabitha.
2: Neither did I. It's a bunch of us because same.
0: (laughs) Um, Matt, do you share Tabitha's uh, sentiments there? Um, I'm not as emphatic about it, but yes,
3: I do really enjoy this. Um, As Tabitha said, like the self-awareness is, it, it makes me chuckle. Because there are some cracks that they lay about themselves as things go through. And it's just, it's not just culturally aware now, but it pokes fun at all the different iterations of Scooby-Doo from the past. Um, Which, I mean, yes, I am... A huge Scooby-Doo fan. Always have been, always will be, despite how contrived and simplistic and dumb it may be. Um, And and this, while pulling from the source material, isn't, it's a reimagining almost of these characters, um, which I thought I was going to loathe, what I don't entirely hate.
0: Nice. So talked about the good. Let's talk about the bad. Um, and then we'll have the facts of life. So <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm going to have that stuck in my head. Oh,
2: <laughs> thanks for that.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> so <laughs> while you guys loved the self-awareness of it and it's like, Almost self-deprecating humor um i feel like there's too much of it um there uh, there were moments in this you know in these first three episodes that i found that funny but at the same time like it kind of got to be too much and it just kind of got to be like okay yes we get it oh you're so meta can we move on now um I'm okay with most of the changes that they've made to the Scooby-Doo um, to the, you know, Scooby-Doo cast or whatever. Um, what is, what is not Shaggy's name? It's like Norville. Norville. Thank you. Um it's always
3: been his name actually. Yep. What's that? It's always been his name. That's really? not a change. Yes. No, no. Norville Rogers
1: that. is Shaggy's name. Correct. Shaggy's a nickname. Well, I mean I, is not his
2: government name. I, I
0: assumed not, <laughs> but I didn't know that Norville was his actual name. Yep. Heard um, yep. back. But I I do enjoy how his dad looks like a, just basically a, a grown-up Shaggy. Uh, I think that that's really funny. Um, with Fred, especially that second episode where we found out that Fred... um hasn't gone through puberty yet and they made him out to be like this little kid or whatever i i just got weird like i got creepy vibes off of that and i was i was not here for it um but yeah that's that how they are portraying fred which i mean you're right fred was never the smartest character but how they're portraying him in this is honestly probably my least favorite thing about this uh about this show. Um, Tabitha, you got to find something you don't like about this.
2: Um, I will say that I don't know if this counts, but like the plot line is a little repetitive, but I also part of me thinks that they're they're doing that on purpose because the plot line of every Scooby-Doo anything ever is also repetitive and it's the same the same thing happens in every single episode of scooby-doo so i kind of feel like they're doing some of that intentionally to like hearken back to scooby-doo um but that's that's it guys i'm gonna i know this is getting canceled and i'm gonna be so sad <laughs>
0: <laughs> um lydia I feel like, I feel like your list is just a smidge longer.
1: Uh, my, my list is a lot longer guys. So that back to my notes that I made. The first line of this literally says I'm five minutes in and I already hate this. So <laughs> one of the main things that I noticed about this from the get go is I feel like HBO max basically went, Hey, you know, we've had a really good run with Harley Quinn. Everyone's been having like really good reactions to this. What else can we take and basically do the same thing with? And for some reason, this is what they settled on. And it does not work. Like they took all of the characters in the Scooby gang took the tiniest minutest little point of their backstories and went, Hmm, how can we twist this? Like, yeah, you had the little bits like, okay, yeah. The, like Fred's background, Daddy's background, like there's tiny little smidges there, but everything else is just bastardized beyond belief. Like you were saying, Fred's whole thing in the second episode made me cringe big time. And it's just like, there's points of this storyline that had me intrigued, like, okay, I kind of want to see where they go with this. But at the same time, I feel like they could have made this show with the same plot line, same script, same everything, and not had to have anything to do with Scooby-Doo. And it would have been just fine. And (laughs) I don't know, say I am a big Scooby nerd and I have been my whole life. And the, some of the things that they try to pick on makes sense and other things just piss me off
0: you guys won't see it at home but tabitha has been playing with her shame sword don't like that um <laughs> 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 but
1: um <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> i'm uncomfortable
0: yeah same after saying that um but yeah i'm uncomfortable like with how she's like just how she's playing with it and almost it's like she's she's getting ready to stab somebody and i'm just terrified anyway matt um what doesn't work about velma for you so
3: oddly enough as much as the self-awareness makes me laugh there are a few points where it does seem a little overblown and a little overdone um so i feel like they could scale back on that just a little bit and you would still get the point across um apart from that um yeah you can hate me for this but the only other thing I really don't like is where's (laughs) scooby-doo
1: oh I remember what my other thing was gonna be okay the first episode where Vilma's dad's pregnant girlfriend and all that is like posing and getting pictures and the baby is like shoving out of her stomach as i sit here growing a child currently <laughs> no that is not,
2: yeah i do I have about, a quote that says the baby thing was too much i forgot it. About, i blocked it from
1: my memory <laughs> i about shut it off right then and there i'm like nope i'm good thanks did not need that in my life
0: oh fantastic <laughs> So oddly enough, I think I know where we're all at on this third question, but um, are, do you have any plans? Do you want to continue with this series? Um, Tabitha, let's start with you.
2: Oh, absolutely. Like I said, I'm going to be real mad when this is canceled um, because it's going to be canceled. I know that. It just, I am kind of living for the early 2000s teen dramedy vibes. This has such big Daria energy, but like if Daria and Scooby-Doo had a baby, not Scooby-Doo, like, <laughs> 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 like the two shows, not the character and the job. That's
0: yeah, that's, um, that's where I was going. I was like, mm.
2: Yeah, I know. That was weird. Um, like, those, <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> if those two things were combined this is it would be like my perfect show because it all the things i love about daria and all the things i hate about scooby-doo kind of like (laughs) combined into something that i enjoy i don't know i'm gonna be very sad when this goes away because yes i plan on watching it
0: lydia are you gonna watch episode four
1: do i plan on watching this show absolutely freaking not If it ends up on at some point, I probably will watch it just to rage more. And also because the only tiny thing that this show has caught my attention with is I do want to know where they're going with the whole Vilma's missing mom storyline. And that's it. I don't give a about anything else in this stupid show. (laughs) But no, I am not going out of my way to sit and watch this anymore. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Matt.
3: Um, yeah, I'm with Tabitha though. We're going to watch the rest of this season. Um, I want to say that I saw that they have already renewed for season two, despite the overwhelmingly negative response from the fans. Um, so, I mean, I guess we'll watch at least season one and two.
0: I, I wouldn't be mad if I ended up watching the rest of this season. Um, that said I have to watch literally everything else before I get around to this. And y'all know how I don't watch anything. Um but yes with with the whole mother thing with with Velma's mother the present that she hasn't opened for years. I am call- like this is something that I figured like I thought of in like the first 5 minutes when they were first talking about it. The present that she hasn't opened for years, that's a clue to where her mother is. Her mother is alive and well somewhere waiting for Velma to figure out the mystery.
2: This is why it's like Scooby-Doo, but better because the mystery actually makes friggin' sense.
0: (laughs) All right. Um, All right, gang, let's uncover this mystery. Is Velma a guilty pleasure or a dumpster fire? Matt we'll start with you.
2: This is
3: a guilty pleasure.
0: Tabitha.
2: Sorry I just realized something about myself. The reason I don't like Scooby-Doo because at the time when I was supposed to be watching Scooby-Doo I was reading Agatha Christie novels. Hmm.
3: Mysteries were too
2: simplistic. Yeah so I'm like trying to miss Marple my way out of Scooby-Doo mysteries when like really it's just because they're all stoned this is the problem <laughs> <Anyway. clears throat> uh yeah this is 100% a hundred percent of guilty pleasure
1: Lydia dumpster fire dumpster fire dumpster fire
0: <laughs> While, well I don't think that this show deserves all the hate that it's getting um i do have to agree with lydia on this uh it it is a dumpster fire and we are tied um so velma velma is schrodinger's guilty pleasure dumpster fire because she's both a guilty pleasure and a dumpster fire
1: is that how that works (laughs) (laughs) Also, Mitch is being stabbed with the, the shame sword. That sounds wrong, too. Nope. <laughs> nope.
0: Nope. We we have to figure out a different name for the shame sword. You
1: keep calling it shame. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I feel like I should point out that Mitch has already been stabbed th- three times.
0: That tracks. That <laughs> tracks. All right. So we don't have a ton of time left. We're not going to get to all the stories that we had wanted to, but we've got time to talk about a few. Um, We're going to do a pretty quick guilty or not guilty pleasure dumpster fire. We just did that. We're going to do a quick gut reaction.
1: Ow! Gut reaction.
0: And we're going to start with actually we're going to stick with hbo max for a second um it was announced that they have officially canceled titans and doom patrol um never got around to watching doom patrol and i'm two seasons behind on titans so but still um i'm giving this a thumbs down because they have canceled my boy nightwing um but at the same time saw this coming i'm not at all surprised at this Lydia
1: um so i don't even know what doom patrol is i do want to get around to watching titans at some point but let's be honest we all know how i am with watching anything um so i'm sad that that's being canceled but at the same time when i do get around to watching it at least i know i only have so many seasons to get through so i'm <laughs> <thumb> sideways
0: <laughs> Tabitha.
1: Yeah, I wasn't
2: going to watch this anyway. Like, there was no chance I was going to get around to it. So, thumb sideways.
0: Matt.
3: Um, I'm also going to go thumb sideways just because, like, these seem to be, despite not having watched them, these seem to be two of the stronger um, DC shows that are going on right now. And with everything else that HBO and HBO Max conglomerate are canceling and removing from the service right now. It just sucks that these two also ended up on a chopping block.
0: Um, Matt, let's talk about
3: D&D real quick. So I'm going to try and make this quick, but there's a lot to unpack in this story. Um, basically what it amounts to is that Wizards of the Coast owns Dungeons & Dragons. They bought them a, a while back. And Dungeons and & Dragons has always run on the premise of what they call an open game license, where you can take the rules and other people can create worlds and characters and adventures and things based on that D&D rule set. Um, D- Wizard of the Coast is on the, on the process of updating those rules. And there's a lot of hate going around as they leaked a possibility of eliminating that open game license. So to the point where the large publishers that would create an adventure or characters or one-shot adventures, um, if they make too much money off of that adventure, are going to have to pay Wizards of the Coast a cut. Um, So it's no longer just open license. There is royalties basically being paid back to Wizards of the Coast if you make too much money off of their product. Um, it, It like... I posted this story last week. We didn't have a show. It just continues to, to roll. Um, For initiative? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is going to crit sooner or later. Um, like, it's going to come to a head, and I'm not exactly sure how it's going to land. Um, either Wizards of the Coast is going to cave, and they're going to maintain their open game license and let things happen, or they're going to crack down and a large part of the D and D community is going to be shut out of the world and the games that they've created. Um, it, it, I hope wizards of the coast can like actually sees the light of this and retracts what they're planning, but I'm going to go thumbs down right now on this.
0: Yeah. Uh, 100% thumbs down. Um, this is just, just, just let nerds have fun. Just let nerds have fun. Lydia. Nerds just want to have fun. Yeah. <laughs>
1: i feel like we should rewrite that song Um, now but yeah i'm on it yes i'll record it Uh, but no thumbs down tabitha
2: yeah i agree with you like just let people have fun with it like this feels like a cash grab on something that they've never tried to cash grab before because they're realizing that it's becoming popular again and we just live in a different world than we do, or we live in a different world now than we did when Dungeons and Dragons first became a thing. I understand wanting to market and like embrace that. But at the same time, it just, it feels like it's too late to change your mind. Yeah. <clears throat> Tabitha,
0: let's talk about um, a cookie for Santa.
2: So this is not something that I typically would have posted in our group to talk about on the show, but this child has big, tiny Tabitha energy. So I just, I really had to, um, in Cumberland, Rhode Island, um, a little girl, um, sent in a partially eaten cookie and some not on carrot sticks to her, um, hometown police department to ask if they could maybe check them for DNA. <laughs> Her letter said, "I took a sample of a cookie and carrots, that I left for Santa and the reindeer on Christmas Eve. And I was wondering if you could take a sample of DNA and t- and see if Santa is real." They did forward the evidence, quote unquote, to the forensic sciences unit um, of their police department for analysis. Um. <coughs> that's- the article that I posted uh, said the charge, failure to finish snacks, results are pending. <laughs> um, I love this. I love an inquisitive child. And like I said, this has big me energy. Like if CSI, been around when I was the this age, I would have a uh, 100% done something like this, but I would have like marched it into the police station and demanded someone test it. Um, I'm uh, giving this little girl a huge thumbs up. And I'm also giving a thumbs up, which never thought I'd say this, to the police department for playing along with it. Like, good for that.
0: Uh, no, this is fantastic. <clears throat> um, Definite thumbs up. I am almost positive that, like Tiny Tabitha, this girl also does not like um, Scooby-Doo. Lydia. <laughs>
1: Oh goodness! Yeah, somebody give this little girl a prize because that is just amazing. Thumbs up, kid. Keep keep living your life. Find out if Santa's real. <laughs> and Matt,
3: yeah, this is definitely a thumbs up. Um, huge credit to uh, this little girl for finding out how the cookie crumbles. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, Matt, you have another story that we were going to talk about last week, but this was just, this is just so bizarre. I am so here for it. I, we had to talk about it again this week. Let's talk about an author who came back from the dead. Kind of.
3: I have to give credit to Tabitha for pointing this story out to me, but, um, long and short of it is this, that about two years ago, um, Susan Meacham was having a rough time as a self-published indie author um, of her uh, spicy romance novels. Um, I think they call them suspenseful seduction. Hmm. Right? I
2: don't like that. I don't
3: like that either. Um, <laughs> so anyway, she was being online bullied probably because her books actually suck. Um, but the end, end of story, well, not the end of the story, the beginning of this story, um, is that she was not in a good place mentally and her sister took to her fan page and, I mean, not even basically, but just told everybody that she had killed herself. Um, And Susan Meacham didn't refute that fact. Um, She just let the rumors continue to grow, let people be sad. Her online friends were devastated um, that she had taken her own life because of online bullying. Um, Her books, in turn, sold a lot better than they had been. Um, Yes, they do. (laughs) Right. Um, You're never more popular than After You're Dead. Um, It so she let this go on for two years and just recently has posted back on her page that um, her family thought did what they thought was best and she's not actually dead. And now that she has just lived the reality of a plot for one of her books, she's just that much more excited to return to writing. I'm sorry, what? I The whole thing is just so bizarre. Um, like one of her closest friends has basically said that there's just no way she can come back from this. Like she's betrayed the trust of everybody who considered her friends and she betrayed the trust of her readers. Um, it, like how do you just go with it that you're like oh my family thought it was best to pretend i was dead to the online world so you just you just go with it i thumbs down to every part of this
0: yeah thumbs down to all of it um and you know not to wish ill on anyone hopefully it's not anytime soon but when this person actually does pass away Ain't nobody believing it. Uh-uh.
2: <laughs>
0: like, we are going to. We're gonna have to see the body, guys. We're gonna have to see the body. <laughs> Put like a mirror under her nostrils. Make sure there's not like you know doesn't fog them up. Um, Picture
2: didn't happen. Right. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> um, but yeah, like there's just there is no good reason for literally any of this, and if anything. Something like this does more harm than good when it comes to the whole online bullying thing. Um, Lydia.
1: Yeah. The only thing from this that I am impressed by is the fact that she somehow kept up the fact that she was dead for two whole years and no one knew any different other than like her immediate family apparently. Because... As big as the internet is, and how deep everyone dives into literally everything, like how did you manage to keep that up for two whole years? That that's the only impressive thing about this. Everything else is just god awful. Like y- you, they're right. She did betray the trust of anybody that followed her, and yeah, just thumbs down. That's not that's not a good person. Tabitha. So a couple of things to
2: note about this uh, that Matt did not mention. Um, One, um, her book that she was in the process of writing when she quote unquote died was crowdfunded. Uh, Her funeral was paid for by people who made donations. Um, My favorite thing about her coming back is that she says that she was not physically dead, but spiritually dead. Sorry, I forgot about that part. Yeah, Uh, she's spiritually deceased. Um, And so she knows what it's like to die now. Oh my God. So she's going to use that to further her next book series. Um, There's a lot to unpack in this whole situation, but like Lydia said, it's kind of impressive that she stayed invisible for so long. I think that the reason she took Back to her um facebook account and said all this and finally was like hi by the way i'm not dead is because the entire two years she's not been anywhere on social media but someone unearthed a tiktok account where she was like posting like videos of herself so i think someone found that and like threatened her and that's why she finally was like oh bt dubs i'm still here still here girls but yeah, uh, huge thumbs down. Um, huge thumbs up to the book community right now. Um, if you guys feel like going down a really fun rabbit hole, um, just pull up TikTok and type in her name and watch people ruin her. It's great. It is the best ego boost you will get all day. And if she thought she was bullying before, she ain't seen nothing like this yet.
1: <laughs> You're truly dead. Tabitha,
0: let's talk about a moldy sw- smartwatch. Swatch. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> kind of. Um so we've been talking a lot about Tamagotchi lately. Um but the uh University of uh Chicago has decided to kind of make a new spin on the Tamagotchi. Um <clears throat> basically it's a smartwatch that has a living component. You are going to literally be taking care of a living organism that's in the watch by feeding it a mixture of water and oats. Um, it's essentially a mold that is going to grow and form a living wire that will turn, um, that in turn will enable a heart a heart rate sensor that will power the watch. So they did this for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, because they're obviously is a lot of tech in landfills right now. So it was kind of an experiment to see if people had to work at keeping something alive instead of just putting it on themselves like an Apple Watch or a smartwatch, if they would be more inclined to keep it for longer or take better care of it than you would just standard technology. Um, The mold that's in the watch will also enter a dormant state if it's not fed for a while. So if you forget to feed your watch, your feed, feed your watch mold, um, in six months. And you're like, oh, I miss my watch mold. You can bring it back instead of having to get a new watch mold or a new battery. Um, <clears throat> like so I-
0: the watch mold can come back to life much like the author in the last story. Correct. <laughs> it's just spiritually, spiritually dead. dead. Yes. <laughs>
2: Um, they had people test it out uh, for about a week and then kind of like interviewed them after the fact to see how it felt about it. Um, they were asked to kind of like write about their exper- experience wearing the watch. Um, a lot of people developed like bi-directional relationships with the watch because they did have to care for it and they developed some kind of attachment to it, kind of like a pet because you're watching it and you're watching it thrive and it you know it once it's dying, it changes colors. And it kind of in the end becomes more than a watch. Um, people felt a really you know, big sense of responsibility for this tiny little bit of mold um, that they were growing that was then doing something for them by monitoring their heart rate. Uh, a lot of people said they didn't know if they would be able to wear it long-term because it was a lot of pressure. Um, <clears throat> but they did say that instead of doing what we do with a Apple watch or a Samsung watch, when we're done wearing it and we're like, Oh, I'm over it. I don't want to wear it anymore. It goes to live in a drawer forever. Um, they said, instead of doing that, they would pass it on to someone else. And then they would hope that that cycle would continue to keep the mold alive. Um, I don't know that I'm ever going to wear mold on my arm, but this is incredibly cool. And it's a really, really unique way of looking at how we treat technology because if we had to take care of the technology like we do our pets or our children or our pe- the people in our lives, we would be more responsible with it. Um, and this is just such an interesting way of showing that. Like this is this is so fun, and like I'm very impressed that they came up with it. I'm giving this a giant thumbs up. Yeah, I'm I'm giving this
0: a thumbs up. Same thing. Like I I don't think I'll ever wear this because I cannot. Um, Let's be honest, I have succulents that are literally dying because I can't keep them alive um, and and water them on even a somewhat regular basis. So the idea of me keeping mold alive, it's... But still, this is a great idea. Thumbs up. Matt. I think it's a really
3: cool idea. It's very interesting the way that people have essentially developed that relationship with their own watch but that's also a little weird to me. Um, also, I'm not allergic to a lot of things, but I'm allergic to mold and I don't know how that's going to go. So thumb sideways.
0: <laughs> Lydia.
1: This is a really cool like combination of technology and science. And I'm impressed that somebody took the time to actually make this work. However... I have enough things to try to keep alive, including myself that I don't need to be worrying about a piece of mold on my wrist. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm probably never, ever going to wear this, but like huge thumbs up to, like I said, the fact that somebody even took the time to figure out how to make this work.
0: Normally our last story is not part of gut reaction. I'm keeping this as part of gut reaction this week. Um, it was announced earlier this week that M um, Ms are retiring their spokes candies. Uh, they are being replaced by Maya Rudolph, Tucker Carlson. You've won this round. Um, we've talked in the past about how he has um, a love hate relationship with with Green um, because you know Green wanted to be less sexy or whatever. Um, his latest tirade. He called like the new purple Eminem, who is an almond or whatever, much like yellow. He called the purple Eminem obese and plus sized, which I'm like, that's 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 classy way to go.
1: It's an Eminem.
0: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, so yeah, so Eminem's uh, tweeted on Monday. Um, this picture and like the statement or whatever says america let's talk in the last year we made some changes to our beloved spokes candies we weren't sure if anyone would even notice and we definitely didn't think it would break the internet but now we get it even a candy shoes can be polarizing which is the last thing m&ms wanted wanted since we're all about bringing people together Therefore, we have decided to take an indefinite pause from the Spokes Candies. In their place, we are proud to introduce a spokesperson America can agree on, the beloved Maya Rudolph. We are confident Ms. Rudolph will champion the power of fun to create a world where everyone feels they belong. Um... There are a lot of people who are speculating that this is actually all a ploy leading up to a Super Bowl commercial. Um, it's something that at first I was like, eh, I don't see it, but like the more I think about it, I was like, yeah, maybe. Um, so I'm giving this a thumbs sideways. If this does end up being a Super Bowl commercial, this is fantastic. I'm here for it. Uh, if they are actually retiring the spokes candies and come Christmas time, we don't have that red and yellow like you know mm-hmm. he's real they're real all all faint if we don't get that commercial the commercial that's been around longer than some of these people on this earth have been alive i mean i'm almost certain it's older than lydia i hate to i, I hate yeah. to age everyone but anyway uh if we don't get that this year because of tucker carlson i'm rioting just that's 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 that that's it So, Lydia.
1: That's the step too far. Exactly.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm angry that we as a world are to the point that, like, not even the actual candy itself, but a cartoon character based off of the candy to sell the candy can cause people to, like, argue amongst themselves. It's like, it's candy. Get over it. There are bigger fish to fry and way more important things to argue about. I'm with you, though. If it ends up being some kind of Super Bowl commercial, cool, whatever. You had your fun. Great. But uh, much like this Tucker dude has a love-hate relationship with these folks' candies, I have a love-hate relationship with Maya Rudolph. I sometimes find her highly annoying. So I'd rather have the candies. Thanks, though.
3: Have a fun.
2: I also have a similar problem with Maya Rudolph. Uh, sometimes I feel like she tries too hard to be funny and then it just annoys me. So that makes me nervous. But also I never pay enough attention to marketing campaigns to really give a crap. So I need people to stop existing. Honestly, that's just what I need. I need humanity to go away and try again later. But thumbs sideways.
3: Um. Yeah, I think I'm just going to follow suit because there's yeah i don't there's so much going on with this
0: one i'm gonna go thumb sideways Yeah. all right guys well that's it and we've recorded an outro so keep listening to hear us talk for a couple more seconds but we're done recording everybody say bye bye That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com.
1: It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at thegeekawakenspodcast or on Twitter at geekawakens.
3: Theme music created and produced by E. Cannon Beats.
1: Our logo was designed by Shay McCain.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We're boldly gone.